Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, March 25th edition of the MBA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here on Thursday afternoons, Mr. AJ Shulo. AJ, what's up, man? I see Mr. Connor McGregor and Mr. Floyd Mayweather behind you on the poster there. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, I got to get in the, the fighting spirit. Uh, Connor's fight just got announced with Poirier for the trilogy, so, you know, I just got to put it up. Now it's been up, but... Uh, no, uh, it's glad to be talking with you again. I'm glad that we were able to make this a regular thing now. It's always good to, to hear your opinion, have uh, have our discussions as usual. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into 260 with you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like I said, you know, um, there's some other fights that have been added to this card in the last couple of days. Well, at least one fight was added. One fight we had, like, we really had no idea about that Morales-Young fight. I was told last weekend that fight was off. And there was another reporter that said it was off. So I was like, okay, it's off. And then... Fast forward to yesterday, AJ, at the media day, and, and Shane Young's there, and you're like, is this fight on again? There was a lot of confusion. There were some rumors Anthony Burchak might have like slipped into that slot or something on short notice, but ultimately we do uh, keep this fight. But uh, the Alonzo Motherfield fight's changed. He was supposed to fight William Knight. Uh, he's taking on Fabio Sharon. Now, I'm not going to lie, AJ. I was going to bet on William Knight. I really liked Knight there. I thought he had a huge grappling advantage. I thought he had a huge advantage in cardio. Um, and durability. So I actually kind of liked him. I don't know what you were thinking about that fight. I actually liked Knight, though. What were you thinking? Uh, I was actually a little bit more on Manifield, but it was a completely unbettable fight, for my opinion. They're just they're just so green, and like I, I like them both, but I mean, they just have so many holes in their game. It's just not a fight that I really like to bet on, that sort of thing. Totally understandable, man. Um, but we do have a short-ass replacement here, Fabio Charant, so we'll get into that fight. And one other note here, this is why we have the update show on Thursday, AJ, because like these cars don't really last long anymore. Not in the COVID era. You're always going to have a few updates. Um, the other fight that was, it's not, it's been postponed, I guess. I uh, handed Goldie and Jessica Penny. So we'll save that fight. I did break it down on Tuesday's show, but um, it's going to take place on April 17th fight. I'm not mistaken. Let's get this uh, question here. You know what? Before we get into those fights, let's, let's talk about this. Cause uh, Dana White just uh, said to uh, Aaron Bronson that he confirmed Poria turned on the title shot. He wants the, uh, the trilogy with Connor. I don't blame him at all, man. I mean, this is a young man's sport. And, you know, get in, you get out, you make much, as much money as you can and get out. So I can't blame him at all. I mean, like, usually you want to be the champ to make more money, right? But in this case, AJ, I'm pretty sure McGregor's the, the money fight, right? As you can see behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I respect – I mean, I've always liked Dustin Poirier as a fighter. I respect whichever decision he wants to make. He's been in the fight game long enough. He knows exactly what he wants to do. So more power to him if he wants to fight Connor for some more money. Plus, he gets a trilogy – um, he could he could write that wrong if if you want to put it that way. Um, and who knows? Maybe if he beats Connor, um, or maybe even if he doesn't, he does get a title shot afterwards. So it's not as if yeah. um, people might be thinking like, oh, well, because Dustin's fighting Connor, like for sure that means he's not going to fight for the belt. No, there's always a possibility that he could fight for the belt in the future. Who knows where Dustin is at? Um, his stock is extremely high right now, as we know. So so the man could has a lot of uh, has a lot has a lot of authority, uh, if you will, and. Um, I brought this up on Twitter, too. I mean, it's also another blessing in that we get to see Chandler versus Oliveira for the title shot. And I know that that's gotten a little bit of uproar. But for my liking, that is a sell. I mean, that that will sell. Let's just like we talked about Masvidal and Usman last week. That will sell. I will watch it. I know you will watch it, too. Of course. For it, man. So, well, we yeah. watch everything, AJ, to be fair. We watch every single card. But, like, for casual fans, Michael, you see Michael Chandler in a poster. You're like, who's that guy? He's jacked. He's a great fighter. Like, that's a guy you can sell, right? I've got to be honest, man. I I think that you could have given it to Gaethje instead. He is higher ranked. But he is coming off a loss, too. So I can't blame him, really, for doing this. And also, Oliveira obviously should have been in there. So, you know, if it was up to me, it would have been Poirier Oliveira, which is what the UFC probably wanted to do. And they decided, hey, Dustin doesn't want this fight. We're going to give it to Michael Chandler instead. And Gaethje's pissed off, but he just had his title shot. I know it was against Habib, though. That's the thing. It was against Habib, right? So it's like, 
Yeah, and people are like, oh, he's four and three in the UFC, but look who he's fought, man. Like he's he's probably the best four and three fighter in UFC history. Like <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, right? Like that that's the worst way you can break down a fighter by being like, he's four and three in the UFC, he must suck. No, the guy's incredible. Let's get this comment from Kevin. In my opinion, Dustin's decision is decided. Okay, we got some dissension here, AJ. Here we go. The Connor fight is a big payday, but Connor's flake, too flaky to bank on. Um, what decides if you what if he decides to want to fight Nate Dex or Box or retire? Who knows? And uh, Kevin had sent me a message on Twitter today saying, like, what if Connor pulls out of this fight? And then Corey is left with no fight. So it's risky, right, AJ? But it's a calculated risk, right? To wait for Conor McGregor for because basically Kevin's saying like the the fight might not happen. It's not officially announced. I don't believe the rumor is July 10th. I don't think it's officially announced, but I'm pretty sure they're going to do this fight. So I I mean Nate Diaz, yeah, I don't see that happening right now. Nate's like a guy. If Conor loses this fight, then he could fight Nate again. AJ, right? That's what I think. But I mean, this is a big fight for Conor McGregor too, man. If if it does happen, which it probably will, it's a must win fight for Conor. AJ, if he loses this fight, man, like. I think his stock's like completely. It's already down like a lot right now. I think, um, you know, it's not. It, it's like this. It's like Connor, man. I gotta be honest. He's like one of the most special guys I've ever seen in MMA, right? But the last five years, he's been so inactive, man. Super inactive, and he hasn't really performed well in the cage except for knocking out Cowboy in forty. Like, who cares about that? Like, that. What does that even mean, right? And that's. I'm pretty sure that's why you bet against him when he fought Dustin again because we hadn't seen him in the cage very much. Whereas Dustin had. Tons of fights. Tons. He was getting better while Connor was chilling with his money, which I don't blame him. You know, we did the same thing, but you know, Dustin was grinding and getting better, right? And then I know you, uh, you had a shot on Dustin in that fight. Yeah. Kevin says, uh, "Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, fellas." I don't know. I, I, Kevin, I definitely respect your opinion, man. But I think most people are actually kind of okay with this because Dustin's one of those guys that, like AJ, he's been in the UFC for over ten years now, right? Like he's never had these huge bay days. So if I'm him, I think he made the right call, man. What do you think? I mean, I'm fine with it in terms of like Connor being flaky. I mean, I think every time Connor has agreed to a fight, he's pretty much done it. Like, I remember there's the Gaethje rumor, like where Connor, like, but he got injured or whatever, he broke his hand. Like, this was going back a, a year or so ago before the whole COVID stuff. But in terms of like Connor being like, I guess, quote unquote, flaky inside the octagon, that's where I maybe Kevin is coming from. Cause like, but it's not, I don't know if it's so much of like, like, because again, we know Connor is so dangerous in rounds one or round two. But an interesting stat that was brought up even before the Dustin fight was Connor has not won a fight by finish that has gone past the second round. Obviously, he won that second fight against Diaz, but it goes along with the trend that we've talked about on this very show in the past, saying like Connor, yeah, he's very dangerous early on. But if you could get him extended, he slows down. We've seen it more than once. And so when we talk about this matchup with Poirier, it's kind of a similar deal. Like if Connor wins, he could probably win his path victories win in rounds one or two. I acknowledge that as part of my bet when I was on Dustin, but I was confident in Dustin if that fight got extended, which I thought there was really real possibility there was uh, because he had the better cardio, the higher pace down the stretch. There's also other reasons. And so I don't know that all of a sudden, like, cause I saw, I know you saw that interview with GSP and Ariel Hawani where like GSP pointed out, he's like, Connor needs to get out of his comfort zone. If he wants to get that fire underneath yeah. him. Because he cannot. Oh man, great advice, eh? That that's I I love the advice. Sorry to cut you off, AJ. I just I love that advice because I think that's advice. Not only could Connor take that, I think a lot of people can take that advice. Um, You don't need people that are going to always praise you. You need people that are going to criticize you too, and people that are going to push you and say, you know what, you got to do this differently. This guy was he's probably been running his training camp. He's probably telling John Cavanaugh, "This is what I want to do today," and all that stuff. So. I'm with GSP and I'm with you. I mean, I think that uh, he brought a great point. By the way, I'm looking at the odds right now, AJ, for the Troll G minus 140 right now for Connor, plus 120 for Dustin. So 
He's still favored to win this. I'm not surprised. I mean, listen, lot, lines are not based on what the odds. Of, uh, it's not really who the odds makers think is going to win. It's who they think people are going to bet on and to create two way action. That's really what it comes down to. So yeah. people, I think there's a big misconception about that two age. I got to be honest. I talked to, I have a lot of um, friends that are odds makers, and they're like, people just don't get it, and they don't understand what we do. And I'm like, I know, but that that's part of the territory. But in this case, I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a pick right now. I have to obviously break this fight down by by uh, by any means. But uh, I, I think the line is kind of accurate to be completely honest. With you. I'm not saying Connor's gonna win this fight, but most people will probably bet on Connor. I would guess, like most casual fans. They're going to be like, oh, he's only minus 140. Let's throw some money on him, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's a good way to create reaction. And he might win the fight, too. I mean, it's very possible, right? It's a great fight. Great trilogy. Well, it's like last week, dude. We saw the hype factor is real with these lines. Dude, look at Kevin Holland against Derek Brunson. It was not yeah. a good matchup for Holland. Oh. If Brunson was able to get his wrestling going, he was going to – I mean, we saw that. Like, Holland, yeah, of course, in, in hindsight, he had a chance to win by knockout. If, if Brunson gassed horribly, he could have beat him there. But we saw it was it was the writing was on the roll. Every every fighter who wanted Holland taken down has pretty much gotten him down. Mearshart yeah. and Stewart, yeah. and you got Brunson there, who's arguably the best wrestler in the division. Like so, yeah. that hype factor. I took an underdog shot on Brunson because the hype will inflate the betting lines, and it's kind of the same case here, like you pointed out with Connor and Dustin. Yeah, no, for sure. And I didn't, remember last week you asked me like what I lined. I said I lined it as a pick him, AJ, and I ended up closing at like minus one seventy for Kevin. And I was like, I'm not playing him, right? I still did pick him because the age, the reach, all that stuff. But I, I even wrote my breakdown, AJ. I said, I'm pretty sure Brunson's going to win the first two rounds by holding him down. I just think Kevin's going to come back late. And Derek, to his credit, did not gas. And I don't want to talk about that fight, man, because I don't think we should even give Kevin Holland any sort of mention here because that was a really terrible, truly terrible performance by him. Great game plan by Derek Brunson. He looked great. But, I mean, Kevin Holland, he needs to see – he actually, he is. He's going to see a sports psychologist. That's a guy who really needs a sports psychologist, AJ. Um, he's, got yeah. a lot, he's got a lot of talent, right? But – you can't put it together for some reason, man. Like that was, it was very bizarre. And, um, you know, we talked about him on uh, Monday with Marcel. I mean, like he does talk in his fights, but it's usually when he's winning. It's not when he's getting his ass kicked. And Mr. Two Checks Brunson gets another two checks. and gets his, uh, gets his win bonus too. Kevin says, Connor talks a lot about fights he doesn't take. Frankie, um, Khabib, Russia, et cetera. And he's saying about Holland. I think a lot of Holland actually, anti-Brunson. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think for me, like, you know, I've, I've bet against Brunson a lot in his career. I gotta be honest, and I've been wrong a lot too. A lot of his fights, I've been wrong betting against Brunson. Um, and this was another. I didn't bet against him. I I, I did pick against him. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, Brunson looked great. I mean, good for him. I'm still not sure if he should have jumped up so far in the rankings, but you know, that's that's something else. That's a different story. Um, I should mention, by the way, I'm just looking at the odds too. And uh, Pori, or uh, excuse me, um, Oliveira right now is uh, where's this line? It's gotta be there. Yeah, Oliver minus 140, Michael Chandler plus 120 for that fight. So that's the title fight. Again, that's two months out. I mean, I haven't did my tape study. I, I doubt you have, and maybe you have. I, I haven't. Um, that's for sure for that fight. But that card, man, that card looks good so far, AJ. Uh, Neil Darius, minus 165 right now against Ferguson plus 145. And then you got Jack Herman, Herman, uh, Hermanson, excuse me, uh, minus 175 against Edmund Shabazian plus 155. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good card, man. You know what? Edmund, I mean, I think people are going to sleep on him a little bit because he looked terrible in the last fight, but don't count him out just yet, guys. I mean, he's a young, talented fighter, man, and that line looks a little long to me. i got to be honest, man. Jack's a great fighter, but in the stand-up, AJ, I see some flaws in his game, right? So well, he's that's a grappler, though. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, that's a perfect segue into this week, right, with O'Malley. Like, he's coming off his first loss. But you could – the thing with these young fighters, I brought it up on my podcast – Dustin Poirier, Max Holloway, Robert Whitaker, they all lost early on in their UFC careers, and look what they became. They became champions, and 
fighters yeah. that we know and love today. There's no reason for me right now, anybody could do whatever they want at the end of the day, but there's no reason for me to write off fighters that are young, super talented because they lose one fight early on. There's always reason to believe that they can improve and get better. So I, I totally hear where you're coming from on Shabazian. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. I'm just wondering, I don't know if I can find this anymore, but I wrote an article like five years ago about, I mean, I can find it. Please tell me. Uh, it was an article that said, um, it was at Cage Potato. I don't think this website exists anymore, but it was, uh, I went through, a, this was like maybe eight years ago, something like that. But uh, it was like the top 25 fighters that lost their first career fights. And if you went through that, like, I can't find it right now. I think the, the website's gone, but unfortunately, you know, what? Wayback Machine might have that. Let me, let me take a look at that. I want to see this article because I remember like Rafael Dos Anjos is on the list. I remember he lost his first fight in the UFC. Um, he lost his first fight in MMA too. So, um, you know, man, you can't write off a, a guy because of one loss. And Max is a great example too. I mean, the first fight with Dustin on the, on the Diaz Condit card. Remember that fight, man? He, Dustin choked him out the inverted triangle. I think it was, um, Max was about 20 years old. I think four fights in his MMA career. He had no business being in the UFC and, and you saw the improvements he's made over the years. So I'm with you, AJ. I think like, yeah, you know, young fighters can get better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can find this website. I'm going to try, guys, but this is uh, – anyways, the list was interesting, though, AJ. The point is, like, man, there was there was a lot of fighters that, you know, struggled uh, in the initial stages of their careers, both in UFC and MMA in general, became superstars or or, or champions. So, oh, dude, uh, Cipe lost to Struve. In yeah, one of his- dude, I, I, dude, I bet on Struve in that fight. That was a great – that was one of the best bets I ever made, yep. Wait, did you really? I did. Uh, and you know what's funny? Nick Nick uh, is our big boss here at MA Oddsbreaker. So he, um, his brother, um, I don't, he doesn't manage him anymore, but his brother used to manage Stipe years ago, and mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. Um, and Nick was telling me for years, he, like when I started this, he's like, this is guy's going to be a world champion one day. And I was like, no, nah, I don't see it at all. And I remember when I picked against him, everyone's like, you're crazy. And Struve finished in the second round. It was one of the weirdest fights ever. Like he was winning and then he gassed out so hard. It was the only time I've ever seen Stipe gas in a fight, really, AJ. If you watch that fight, you got tired, which he, that's his weapon, right? That's his biggest weapon. So probably one of my best picks. I mean, there was 2012, if I'm not mistaken, in London or something, Liverpool, a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, that's a great example, man. I mean, people wrote him off after, including me. I mean, i got to be honest. Like, after that, I was like, I don't think he's going to beat these guys like JDS and Roy Nelson. He, he beat them. Like, he killed them. Mark Hunt. I'm like, he's going to crack them, destroyed them. So... You're right, man. You gotta, you gotta like see the improvements in fighters, right? That's that's one thing for sure. Hundred percent. How will we talk about some of these fights um, for for uh, Saturday? Uh, let's talk about the new ones, though, AJ, because like I, you know, I talked about uh, the other fights on on Tuesday. Uh, Kevin, I'll get your comment in a little bit. Um, let's go through this fight here between Alonzo Menafield and Fabio Charant. So, just looking at the opening line here, guys. The opening line minus two fifty plus two ten. Short notice fight, three days notice for uh, Charant. Um, you gotta wonder if he's gonna make weight. He's a big dude. He's missed weight a few times in his rec- uh, last couple of fights. AJ, not his last fight, but the, the one before that he missed weight. So that's something to keep in mind, guys. Um, in this fight, and Menafield's a big dude too. But uh, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on it, man. I know my thoughts on this fight. I did the tape study last night. Um, I wonder what are your thoughts on this, AJ? You, do you yeah. like Menafield still, or do you, you think Sharon's got a chance? What do you think? I mean, I like Manifield as far as a pick. I'm not going to bet him or anything. Sharon, I've, I've watched his fights. He's, uh, or sure not, excuse me. He's like a southpaw striker, like mainly a boxer, I'd say. He throws with like power and then he'll like unload combinations on you. But, but he'll like, it's not like consistent volume. It's like he'll back you up against the fence. And if you're standing still, he'll like kind of just unload like a flurry on you, basically. Um, ironically, though, most of his wins are by submission. But mm-hmm. when I was tape setting him, the dude rarely goes for takedowns. 
and he's not when he does go for takedowns he's like not a good wrestler and so he's like got like a weird fighting style i mean he's like really young so he could get better maybe he's trying to still figure himself out but um i like manifield the matchup just the the preparedness the provenness just much more ufc experienced um i mean you could forgive fabio for like you know he got hit with a flying knee on contender series whatever but it's just he's still a fighter that i still think has a ways to go as does manifield but um i'll just take the more prepared got those intangibles i kind of like what we talked about with dawson and santos last week like yeah close fight on paper but i'm going to favor the guy with the more intangibles going in his favor and manifield yeah well i did my tape study last night in this fight guys and um i i was not impressed at all with sharon man i wasn't impressed at all aj i'm really wondering why he's in the ufc i'll be honest he doesn't look like a ufc caliber fighter to me i know he won the lfa title guys but it wasn't really impressive his opponent is not a great fighter um this guy is so inactive, AJ. He barely throws punches. He doesn't have any power in his strikes, from what I've seen. He's got no power at all. He keeps his hands really low, too. We saw him get caught by Kamur um, on Contender Series. And, yeah, you're, it's weird, right? So I'm watching, and I'm like, I'm like, I assumed he was a striker, right? Before even looking at his record, I'm like, I'm, I'm guessing this guy's a striker. And I watch his fight with Dennis, and he mostly stayed in the feet. And then I watch his other fights, and it's like, he's not a striker at all. And most of his wins are by submission, but he doesn't go for takedowns. The fights just end up on the ground somehow. Like in these transitions and stuff, he gets the guy's back or there was that one where he rocked the guy and I think he got an anaconda choke. It was pretty sweet, but man, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> I've got to be honest, man. Like this guy's a fade, guys. He's a fade. This guy, this is exactly like Ty Tuvesa and uh, Harry Hunsucker last week. I really think it's a very similar situation. I get Sharon's a much younger fighter than Hunsucker. Maybe he's 26, so he can make improvements, but man, I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it, AJ. I, I got to be honest, man. I wasn't... I wasn't impressed at all. I mean, he definitely is a young guy. He can get better. I admit that. And he, you know what? He does have the cardio advantage. I'll give him that. In this fight, he'll have the cardio advantage, I believe. But, man, I, I don't know. I got. I have to go with that Menifield, man. The question is, do we lay the juice on him? Yeah, it's not It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I'll just kick back and enjoy it. Hey, but for last week, just like we said, DFS, that's always an option. So, Oh, he at 8,100, <laughs> 8, I believe. Like, the prices, I think, is still the same as what he would have fought uh, night, right? So... Yeah. yeah, man. I I do think this guy's going to win the fight. It's just it's hard to trust Menifield coming off back-to-back losses, right? And I was going to fade him here against Knight. I was going to pick Knight. So this is this is weird um, because I really like Menifield here. It's just a guy coming off two straight losses. You want to lay minus two ninety on that guy? I don't know, but I got to be honest. I'm thinking about it because I think he I think he dusts this dude in the first round. To be honest with you. The, the problem is if he doesn't win in the first round, he might lose. That's what I'm worried about, right? Because he's got about – how much Carter does he have? About five minutes, you'd say, Alonzo? Oh, yeah, about five. He's just all power-based and not not very technical and, yeah, it's a very muscular frame. It's just, yeah, those guys only have so much cardio and then that we've seen time and time again. So yep. he's like the most trustworthy guy is a big favorite, but uh, just like we were talking about with DFS, like I, I would – making a lot of lineups, maybe taking some shots on, on Fabio Chernot but wouldn't be the worst thing, but but more so on the Manifield side there. But but no bad for me. No Nothing as far as a money line play. Fair enough. Uh, let's get these comments. Daniel says, unders and Manifield, O'Malley, and Michael. Um, probably. I mean, I think those – I don't know if those fights go inside the distance, but I will say the O'Malley one's at one and a half, and I don't know if I want to touch that. Even though I am fav- – what are you favoring your finish in that fight with uh, Almeida or more of a uh, decision? It could go either way, right? I think it probably finishes. I mean, no matter, he's just been hurt so yeah. many times. Been, yeah. yeah, probably. Bro, I, I, I'm so worried about this guy. Watching his tape back, like he's in, he gets injured in his fights, man. Like, that's not a guy I personally want to lay minus 300 on. I don't know if you touched him here or not. I know you you like to obviously lay juice, but I know I know you took Luke, um, which I think he's going to win too. We talked about it on Tuesday. 
And they said the Michael boat too. Yeah, that probably should go inside the distance. It's just, it's just everyone's saying that now. That's what always trips me out. When everyone's on the same thing, it's like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's sketchy. Well, well, one quick thing. By the way, they're saying your pacing is, is making him sick, man. <laughs> he did that JK at the end, so I take it he's being. AJ Keith's movie's a hustler. Yeah. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Uh, an interesting, kind of like what we talked about in the past was we we only remember the times where everybody was on the same side and it lost, but there's been plenty of times where everybody's on the same side and it comes through. Yeah. I remember Usman against Burns. The, the vast majority of the community was on Usman. That came through. But then everybody remembers when everybody was on Connor against Poirier the second time it didn't come through. Yeah. So it goes it goes both ways, you know what I mean? I gotta be honest, man. I, I really try not to look what other people are doing anymore. Like I just I worry about myself. I know that I do as much tape study as anyone in the world, probably. Like I, I bust my ass doing this. I know you do too, AJ. And I trust your opinion. That's why I have I have you on the show. And I have Marcel on the show, but I do watch other shows and I'm just like, these guys didn't watch the tape. I can just tell when they're talking about fights, man. And I don't want to call anyone out, but it's like I know what I'm seeing and I don't need anyone else to kind of give me that. Um, we talked about this last week with that uh, reinforcement, right? Positive reinforcement. You don't need that, right? We don't need that. Yeah. You know what we're doing here. All right. This guy, Valerie's comment. Hey, Valerie. She says, Montreal, money's coming in the strong. What, what, what book do you use there, Valerie? It, I guess it's Bodog. Is that what you would use there? Or is there, can you guys, can you bet on uh, through the Quebec system? I think you might be able to bet on uh, like the, at the, uh, like the official government's thing. Can you just tell me about that, Valerie? I'd like to hear that. And Dale says money comes in a lot, lots of losing fires. Yeah, I mean there was a there was a fight a few weeks ago, um, Montana De La Rosa against uh, Myra Bueno Silva, right? And I, I liked Silva a lot in that fight. And people were like, "You're crazy! All the money's coming in on Montana De La Rosa." And I'm like, "Well, I did the tape star. I know she can lie on top for a win decision, but she's gonna get beat up bad. And she would have won that fight. She didn't grab the fence, so it is what it is. But that's a great example because like she would have won that fight had it not been for the point deduction. Which, by the way, I mean, I mean that's that was a quick point deduction, like. I'd like to see more consistency from refs. If they're going to take points, do it for every fight. Don't just pick and choose. Like the fight last week between Bruno Silva and JP Bays, Bruno Silva landed a groin kick that wasn't even close to anywhere else than the groin. Then he poked him in the eye right after and didn't get a point. He got a hard warning at you. What the fuck is a hard warning? Like, yeah. pick, pick the matter in your own hands. I'm tired of these referees. Like, like Mark Smith, man, like he's got to take these. He's, he's a good ref. He's got to take these fights into his own hands. You can't let the fighters police themselves. This It's not good. Well, I think with the Silva, uh, De La Rosa, she they took the point because it impacted the takedown. She was going down, had sure. But I mean, we've seen that we see almost every fight. Let's be completely honest, man. Like we see a lot of cage grabs that don't get point deduction. Is what it is. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad point deduction. It's a good point deduction. But had it not been for that, I think she might have been able to get up. Unlike her girlfriend, um, what's her name, Gloria De Paula, (laughs) this girl actually works to kind of get up off her back. Her girlfriend just lost it, as we talked about. so yeah, it is what it is. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, we're both kind of on men field here. I mean, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit stronger leaning towards him than you are. And again, it's tough because he has coming off two straight losses and I was going to fade him here, right? But I just think this other guy's not good at all, guys. I got to be honest. I wasn't impressed. There's a reason he was he's on the UFC. That's the thing that I remember these contender series, guys. They, they weren't good enough for the UFC to get signed straight up. They had to go through the contender series for the most part. A lot of the contender series guys are kind of losing now, AJ. They're getting up to this level where they're just not good enough now. You're seeing that. JP Bays last week, <laughs> his wife Shan, um, even Kevin Holland, man. I mean, like we're starting to see that there, there, there's levels to this game, right? And I got it, Brunson. Looking back, man, I wish they took them, right? But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and then the other fight. So we talked about that one. And I, I, I'm assuming you're favoring a KO, probably, right? A first round knockout for for Menifee, if you had to like pick a method. That's what I would guess. Yeah, not willing to put any money on it, but yeah. 
That's he's got I mean. a lot of power though, man. I mean, that one fight with that boat right guy where he just walked across the cage and knocked him out, that was pretty sweet. You know, he's got a lot of power. But man, yeah. even the Paul Craig fight too, where he like landed this weird punch and finished him. It was weird. But it just the the cardio worries me. And also he's coming off a brutal knock loss. And I picked OSP in that fight. I mean, Ben feels a guy I'm fading, right? But it's just this is a good matchup for him, I think. Mm-hmm. The over-under is at one and a half. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I couldn't even touch that. I wouldn't even touch that one. It could yes. easily, yeah, that could easily like that could easily like actually and right at 230 of the second round and no one would <laughs> or whatever it is. Age pushing, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. AJ's thoughts on Robertson Maverick. Dude, he likes Robertson and I don't like her here, but I didn't want to get into it with him because we're on completely different sides of this fight. And I respect <laughs> AJ a lot. I just think he's wrong, but I'm sure he thinks I'm wrong. So, I mean, I can get your thoughts on it, AJ, but I just, like, I think that Maverick's just a much more well-rounded fighter. I think she's made serious leaps and bounds in her grappling. We saw that against... Um, What's her name? Um, uh, can't remember. Uh, uh, Pro Gonzalez. We saw it there. We saw much improved grappling. Yeah. And we saw her striking against Juju. And I know it's a bad opponent, obviously, but man, I I think she looks good. Um, I want to get this comment. Yeah, I agree with you here completely, dude. But I don't. I didn't want to take it. I just. I don't want to bet on every single fight. You know what I mean? So I just. I passed. There's a bad decision to pass for sure. I agree with you, Dixon. You're right. But I chose to pass and. I do I regret it? Not really. I mean, it's what it is. AJ did win some money on Brunson, so good for him. But you're right. I mean, I, I, I made a mistake there, but it happens, right? We're human. Robertson, I mean, maybe you see a draw. I don't think so. But yeah, give me your thoughts on this fight. I mean, give me your thoughts. Because I know you like Robertson here. Obviously, she does have a top game advantage, but when she's on the bottom, she's terrible, man. Well, one thing I like to say whenever I place my bets, it's not like I, I can't see the other side winning. It's just I think that there's value on the line, and that's why I took the bet. Um, if this fight is standing for 15 minutes, I think it'll be Maverick that gets the better of her. She's a Muay Thai striker. Uh, she's a varied striker. Her combination striking is beautiful. I like Miranda Maverick in general, but I'm placing the bet on Jillian Robertson because I think she's a better grappler here. I'm sure Miranda has improved since the regional scene, but there's regional footage of her struggling with the takedown defense. She doesn't really sprawl. And then once she's on her back, she struggles to get up her scrambling ability, her ability, her willingness to dig for an underhook. It just wasn't there against Pearl Gonzalez there. And that's something that I just want to bet on. Maybe she's improved in the meantime, but I think Jillian's takedowns, she's got the ability to chain wrestle, trip takedown, single leg, double leg, is good enough to get the fight to the ground. And she's very good in top position with her guard passing, her pressure, shoulder pressure. And maybe she could work for a finish, if not just win rounds based off top control. So that's the reason why I'm playing the bet. It's like, it's a striker versus grappler matchup. So if Miranda is able to get her game going on the feet long enough, does sufficient damage, she could win the fight there. But I think Jillian's going to be able to control where the fight goes. And based off that, I favor her 60%, so minus 150. Yep. And she should be able to have the advantage there. It's the same logic I used for backing Amari Akhmedov against Tom Breeze. I knew that I was I was on Akhmedov. I knew that I was the, the Akhmedov was not a better striker than Breeze, but I liked his ability to get the fight to the ground because we saw Breeze taken down by Allen and, and Nakamura. And I just I tend to cap the fighters the favorite, even if it's slight, if they could control where the fight goes, which is what I see here. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I'm willing to be wrong on. So we'll see. Yeah, what happens. She is an underdog too. And Kevin's saying Mavs only 23. Yeah, I agree with that too. I just really like her, man. I gotta be honest. Like I, I like both girls. Don't get me wrong. It's just Jillian, she's great when she's the hammer. She's really bad when she's the nail. Like she's on her back, she has nothing. We saw against Santos. She doesn't have any striking whatsoever. You've seen that time and time. She has no striking age. She really doesn't. But she, I'm, I'm not trying to bash you here, man, because you could be completely right. I could be wrong. And AJ's a great better, guys. So don't just listen to me here. It's great that we're actually um, different on this fight. I don't want to be, I don't want to agree with everyone on everything. You know what I mean? That's not good when you're agreeing with everyone on every fight. Like that's not good. You want to have some ascension. 
Yeah. I just think that Maverick is super young. She's getting better. I really believe in this girl. She's someone that I saw in her UFC debut. I'm like, I want to bet on her in the next fight. I said that to myself, and I'm going to do it. So I'm probably going to be placing a bet on her. Um, we're completely different sides, AJ. We'll come in here. We'll talk about it next week. We'll, we'll see how this uh, this fight plays out. So, <laughs> listen, I don't want to be against AJ. I really like the guy. I love his I love his opinion. But we're all going to agree on every single fight, and this is one where I kind of differ on him. So, you guys want to give your thoughts? I'd love to hear it. Um, I've seen both, obviously, sides of the coin. I just seen too much uh, that I just didn't like about uh, Robertson. Kind of like the fight with Macy Barber just backed up against the fence and just got teed off. On that worries me, man. I think Maverick could do the same thing, maybe too. So we'll see. We'll see. It's a great fight. I mean, I, you know what? The card doesn't have many fights left. I think what, we have ten fights, but there's some decent fights on here. You know, like some interesting matchups, including this one. Yeah, yeah. O'Malley. What, what about uh, Omar uh, Omar Morales and Shane Young? We didn't talk about this fight on Tuesday, with Marcel, because we really had no idea if it was going to happen. So now it's happening. I capped it. I uh, did my tape study. Um, what's up, Adrian? You okay? Yeah. No, I'm good. Uh, I. So uh, Morales, I favor him ever so slightly. Like he's a more mm -hmm. technical striker, I think, and he's going to be bigger here because that last fight against Chikadze was like his first one dropping down to 145. Um, and like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's a whole lot to take away from the Ludoville Klein stoppage. Like it's definitely not a good thing that he got knocked out there for the first time. So maybe this is like the, the first fight where like we see Young's durability decline, but he's generally shown to be durable. And Morales, he does hit fairly hard, but I don't think he's, like, the biggest power puncher ever. And so, like, it could be a fight where I think, like, Omar's just going to be landing the harder, more technical strikes, but Young, maybe he hangs around and lands more volume. Um, I don't want anything to really do with it from a betting perspective because I think it's going to be, like, a competitive striking battle So where, where neither guy really has, like, a, a clear grappling advantage. So... I, I again I favor Morales, but it's just like I like barely, you know, like not not a strong lean. Do you have a, a good take on this one? A, a stronger take, I should say. Well, I did the tape study, and um, I think there's a lot of good points from both guys for sure. I mean, Shane, we'll start with Omar, Omar Morales, obviously. Um, he's the favorite here. I do agree he should be favored to win this fight. I'll agree with you on that one too. He is. Um, I, this, I was listening to Jack interview talk. Uh, Jack Hermanson in an interview the other day with James. He was he mentioned a con I can't remember what fighter he said, but. He's like, he's like, this fighter's a sniper. He waits for the perfect time. This guy's a sniper. Like, he he waits and waits. He's not very active with his strikes, I found, AJ. He waits for that big shot. And he, if he lands it, man, he's got some power. Um, we saw it against that Harvey Parker and Contender Series. His fight on the Bellator is actually on his YouTube channel. If you go on YouTube, you can watch his fight in Bellator. I think he knocks it out with a flying knee or a head kick or something. Um, it was like a, I think it was a kick. I can't remember now. But uh, He's got power, right? He's got some power. He's training at Sanford. I love that team, by the way. I love the Sanford MMA guys. I love betting on those guys. Burns, Chandler, Usman when he was there. Um, there's another guy in this card, uh, uh, Barrio, that I, I, I favor a little bit in his fight too. So I like that team. Like That's a team that I like to bet on, right? But I have hesitations about this guy here, AJ, for a few reasons. Um, first off, I think he's 34, 35. He's not really a prospect, right? Like He's an older guy. For this division, that's pretty old. Like, he's one of the older fighters in this division right now. Mm -hmm. um, he's also coming off a loss in his last fight, right, to uh, Jiga, a guy who is a more technical striker and a more active volume-based striker. What is Shane Young? He's a volume-based striker. He's going to have more volume in this fight, right? Mm -hmm. The problem I have with Shane Young is, man, the two guys he beat in the UFC, I, I watched those fights again. Bro, they are they are not good fighters. Like, I'm sorry, but those guys, they had their hands at their waist, and he was just teeing off in their face. I'm pretty sure Morales is going to have his hands higher. He's going to be able to block some of these punches. 
I'm pretty sure Omar Morales is not going to be dumb like uh, Austin Arnett. And at the last 10 seconds, come on, man, let's throw down. And he gets dropped with a second left, and you lost the fight. That was really dumb. And then the other guy, Rolando D, gassed out really hard, and he finished. It was a brutal finish, though. It was nasty. Like, but mm-hmm. who's Rolando D? He's like in the UFC anymore, right? So that's the, that's the hiccup here. And I was against uh, him in his last fight. I picked Ludovic Klein, a guy that I really like. Um, I called him by head kick too. I said he's going to knock. That's what he does in the regional scene. I'm like he's going to knock him out with the head kick. So this is a tough one for me because I do favor Morales, but there's just a, I've seen some stuff I don't like about him, man. And I feel like AJ, if he doesn't knock him out, this is going to go to the decision. And what do the judges favor? Do they favor the harder strikes of Morales or do they favor the volume of Young? And that always worries me, man. Whenever the judges get involved, that does worry me. Is that something that would worry you a little bit too in this fight, that the judges getting involved and maybe a bad decision goes against you? Well, very well said. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, right? If if I was confident that Morales is going to go out there and knock him out, then like, yeah, I'd be more confident in Morales, but I'm just... I'm just not, not like I think it could easily go to a dicey decision where it could be the volume of Young versus the power uh, lesser volume of, of Morales, where, again, it just kind of depends on the preference of the judge. You get a judge that favors volume more than the power could be looking at a split there, possibly a decision going in favor of Young. So that's part of the reason why I don't want any part of it from a betting perspective. Totally fair. Um, Dale says, I don't rate Ching Young. Morales is the vital favorite. Young has more volume. I agree. I think he should be favored, but. There's just there's stuff I don't like about him too, you know. Like again, he's not young guys. He's not like a 24 year old. He's 34 years old. He's older than me. Come on, he's older than me, AJ. So I don't like. Is that a guy I want to bet against against a young guy, Shane Young, who's got the volume in a fight that might go the distance and the judges are getting involved? And man, there's been some bad decisions in Vegas lately. Get some more comments here. Dixon says it's a tough one. Tell some Jillian and uh, and Raverick. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if she doesn't get those takedowns, it could be a bad. But if she does, she's probably going to win impressively too. Probably submits Maverick. She gets on top of her. Feature famine. Yep. Talk about this one. This is a great, great comment. The smaller cage favors Stipe and Nagano. I mean, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, this is another tough fight. I read your breakdown. I respect it. Um, this is a tough fight. I actually agree with everything you wrote your breakdown. By the way, I think Stipe is the better fighter. He's the better mixed martial artist. And you know me, Jay. I like betting on the better, well-rounded mixed martial artist. But in this case, I just <laughs> think Francis. He's got these. Cr- Bro, he could blow on you and knock you out cold. Like, he's got so much. It, the power is the game changer, right? The better fighter, Stipe. If you go, I, I actually wrote my breakdown at uh, Fanatics Aging. It was like striking. I was like slightly towards, only slight because of the power. But I actually think Stipe is way more technical, way more volume. Like, he's got the straighter punches, no doubt about it, more, more, more volume. But I just, I, bro, he's 38 years old now. I worry about the chin a little bit. He's been knocked out a few times. Francis just has to catch him once to put him out, right? But if he doesn't put him out, he's going to lose, right? So it's it's actually kind of like the Maverick Robertson fight in a way. Um, you know, she, if basically if Robertson can't get the, the takedown, she's going to lose. Maverick can't stop takedown, she's going she's to lose. So it's kind of like that. I know you do like Stipe here. I totally respect that. This is a fight agent. You're going to see people on the opposite side of the coin. There's no doubt about it. You're going to see tons of smart people on either side. It's really whatever you think, guys. I favor Nagano a little bit, but I totally respect AJ's opinion. You want to talk about this fight agent? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the smaller cage thing and who that favors. Yeah, well, it depends, right? Because the smaller cage, you could use that argument and say, well, oh, smaller cage, Stipe has less distance to close to get the takedowns or get the clinch. But you could also say Nganu has less distance to land the big power shot. So I don't know that there's a clear, objectively true answer to that question. It just kind of depends on who on, on what exactly happens, right? Does Stipe shoot for the takedown or, or does Nganu throw the first punch? Because that's really what it comes down to for me, because... 
you could use you could use the argument whichever way you want. But as it pertains to the matchup, like yeah, I mean, I, to- I totally get it. Everybody on Ngannou, if he wins, it's gonna it's gonna look he's gonna look like he's minus like eight hundred or a thousand or something or minus five hundred, like uh, somebody- <laughs> yeah. But if Stipe wins, he's gonna look minus five hundred. And I'm getting like you said, I the more technical fighter is Miocic. The cardio that the fighter that has shown the better cardio is Miocic. The more well-rounded fighter is Miocic. So that is the rationale for why I was betting Miocic. If Miocic was priced minus one fifty, I wouldn't bet him. I got him at plus one forty and plus one thirty because I believe that he should be minus one fifty. We saw in the first fight, he could win this fight 50-44 times three on all judges' scorecards. So he, he has a clear path to victory. It wouldn't be this huge shock, I don't think, to to the masses if Stipe goes out here and wins. But it also wouldn't be a huge shock if Francis goes out here and knocks him out in rounds one or two. Because like we've seen, Stipe is hittable. Like we saw against Cormier, he can be hurt despite being durable throughout the whole, his whole career for the most part. So it's just a chance I'm willing to take. It could lose but it also very possibly could win. And that's why I'm I'm willing to take the chance. And I totally respect everybody on Ngannou as well. So we'll see exactly what happens. I mean, quite frankly, you could say about literally about any fight, any outcome in any sport, you could win or could lose. Like it's betting for a reason. It's gambling for a reason, guys. Like it's, there's no, there's no sure thing. We talk about it every week, AJ, me and you're like, there's no sure thing. And, I, and you gotta have no ego, dude. I go into this every week thinking I know nothing about these fighters. I'm like, I know nothing about these guys. And then I try to learn more about them. Right? Even though I know a lot about them, I just, I'm like, I don't know much. I'm a newbie at this. I want to learn more about these guys. Let's get these comments. Daniel says, Steve is more skillful. Power's crazy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Other fights playing community. Yeah, it's going to be like 50-50. Um, Kenshiro, hey, Kenshiro, what's up, man? Uh, he says, it's not that we think Stipe is going to lose. Like Everyone wants, uh, including the UFC, wants to go on to win. Yeah, but again, we talked about this. I've talked about this many times. I'm with you on that, but like, not, I'm not saying in this comment in general, but in general, I find um that now that type of analysis saying the ufc wants this guy to win so he's going to win that's really lazy analysis i find aj i just i'm not saying that's what kinshiro is saying i know he's saying well the fans want to see that but that whole comment of like ufc matchmakers want this guy to win or this guy's manager's close to the ufc so they got him a good fight i don't believe in that stuff man, at all like everyone in the ufc is a good fighter for the most part not everyone but a lot of fighters are like 95 percent of fighters this year are very good uh, yeah. We'll talk about that fight in a second. I'll get Dixon's comment. He says, Stipe theoretically fought flyweight. Stipe would be a big favorite heavyweight division of variance. Yeah, I, dude, literally, I wrote my breakdown today. The first line was like, this is a high variance fight, guys. Easy pass on the bet. I mean, it is what it is. It's a pick and fight, man. So I can't blame anyone for taking a shot either way. I haven't made my wagers yet. It'll be tomorrow. But uh, I might play this. I'm not sure yet. I mean, most people would want to have action on the main event. But for me, it's like, I, I don't I don't care about that, AJ. I just want to have action on fights. That I, I'm very confident someone's going to win, you know? Yeah, that's right. I mean, again, like we said, there's nothing wrong with passing. If you, if you don't have a good take on it, if you don't have a good read on a fight, yeah. there's nothing wrong with passing. Like you, like you pointed out earlier, you could still think an underdog is being undervalued by the, by the batting line. Yeah. But still, it's still okay to pass. I remember passing yeah. on voices against Bobby Green. I'm like, he's being disrespected here, but I didn't want to take the shot and whatever. He, he came through and, and passed or whatever, but I got to be okay with that decision at the end of the day. And that's, that's yeah. what I am. So. Oh, for sure. It's got this comment. Kid Shore says, we're riding, we're riding in the Gano hype train. Yeah, he's betting on him, obviously. So I can't blame you, man. I mean, it's a pick. It's a pick of fight, basically, AJ. You know what I mean? It's like whoever you guys think is going to win. I prefer. I wish all fights were pickums, man. I, I think that's much yeah. more fun, personally. And you don't have to lay crazy juice. So I like that. Um, let's get this comment. For, or uh, Kevin says, Francis round one two or Steve by decision. Maybe I don't know if it goes the distance again, man. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to go the distance again. I think if he wins, he's probably going to finish him late, Stepe, but just pound him out or something. It could go the distance. I know his last fight did, but. I don't know. I'm feeling like this one's going to end inside the distance either way, AJ. 
It could, yeah. I mean, but the thing, the tricky yeah. thing about it is Francis has never actually been finished in pro MMA. So while it's mm -hmm. possible, I mean, there's a, it's also possible that it, it goes to decision again if, if Stipe may be coasting. But if Ngannou wins, it's much more likely that to come inside the distance. I agree there. First time he fought, like that was the first time he ever went the distance too, right? Wasn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. You know, maybe this is the first time he gets finished. It's it's, it's MMA, guys. There's there's so many ways to win and lose, right? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Got this question from Kinshiro. Tyron Woodley would totally uh, TKO hitable, no head movement, Luke. If Tyron loses, if I gave up on him, you're taking Woodley. Okay, so we talked about this on Tuesday again with Marcel. Um, I really wanted to like Woodley. Like I at first, I'm like, damn, Woodley's plus two twenty. Holy crap, that doesn't make sense. But then you like watch it, and you're like, what is like? There's nothing to like about him anymore. Honestly, he, the only good thing he has is his right hand. Really, he doesn't really wrestle anymore. He doesn't even throw his right hand. So he's saying he's gonna he's gonna go balls to the wall in this fight. His back's against the wall, and maybe it is. The problem I have with Luke is it's not his chin. I think he's got a great chin, right? But he's taken a lot of punches, man, a lot of strikes. Like the fight with Nico Price, he ate like 130 strikes or something and survived him. Even that Bar Brian Barberina fight was a freaking war, man. He got dropped in that fight. He came back and won. The Mike Perry fight was a war. So he gets tagged a lot, but I do trust his durability more in this spot a little bit. And the reason I'm going to pick uh, Vicente is, quite frankly, I think he's the better fighter right now. Um and he's the much more varied striker too. Like he mixes in the kicks, he mixes in the punch. He's got those nasty calf kicks. He can he can land those in this fight too. And I think his takedown defenses looks pretty good, to be honest with you. Except for the fight with I think Michael Graves, who actually is a very good wrestler, who takes down a lot of people. Like he's shown pretty good takedown defense. The Leon Edwards fight, I guess, was another one he struggled a little bit in with the wrestling. But I, I like Luke. I'm pretty sure you bet on Luke here, uh, AJ. And I appreciate sure the juice. What did you get him at? Minus two thirty or something or. 240. 240. Yeah. I mean, what's he at now? 250, I think. So, right in the ballpark. Um, and I'm assuming you capped him at like minus 300 or something. Um, I I'd have to go back and check my breakdown for sure. Right now, minus 240. It's the same line, really. So, I just, I got to be honest, AJ. I just, there's, I don't see anything like about Tyrone in this fight. And a lot of people are going to back him here because of his name. But, like, do you see, again, we have to look at both sides of the coin. Was there anything you saw from Tyrone that gave you some hesitation before you did lay the money? Well, well, like we talked about, there's there's risk with this bet. I mean, it's just like if Luke wins, it's probably going to be because he gets knocked out. I mean, he like you said, he's hittable. He he can be hurt despite being durable, like we saw against Thompson. Uh, we saw it against Edwards, other fights as well. But he's still at the end of the day, he's still never been knocked out in pro MMA in a, in a large sample size, and he's fought some pretty dangerous people. And the thing with Woodley is like the it's kind of been the same thing he's always had. It's like he's relying on a big moment to hurt you with the right hand. Um, and now that he's seemingly at the end of his career, his athleticism and power has seemingly regressed. He just hasn't, he just hasn't been as willing to engage, you know, even less so recently than he has in the past. It might be, be a confidence thing. It might, that, that might, that's a uh, purely speculation, but um, that, that is a real thing, I think. So he could maybe knock out Luke with a punch, or he could maybe rock him enough to, win a couple rounds if the judges favor that. But like you said, Luke has just got more tools on the feet. He, he pushes the much higher pace. I think he will have success with those low kicks. Woodley stands very heavy on that lead leg. He's a better counter striker than, than Woodley. He's more technical. So I think Luke is just kind of pressure Woodley. And then it's going to be tough. Woodley has to hit hurt him with a big punch to discourage him. Otherwise, I think Luke is just going to um, mar march him down and, and maybe even get a finish because he is a finisher. He has finished most of his fights as Luke. So yeah, I'm that's the, that's the question here, right? Like, does he finish or not? I think that's the question. Um, I don't know because Woodley's got a great chin, man. He really does have a good chin. He did get knocked away Nate Marker. Nate Marker was so juiced in that fight, guys. Like he got caught for steroids after that fight. Um, it was a great knockout, though. nasty, nasty knockout. But that was like ten years ago. 
And I mean, I know Colby finished him, but it was an injury in the fifth round. I think it was a broken rib or something. Like that's completely different. So mm-hmm. the question is, is he finished or not? I'm kind of leaning towards the decision a little bigger, but I think it's going to be like a high volume decision. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, Woodley could hit him back a couple of times, but Luke is better, like more just varied striker, man. Like in more volume, everything. Like Woodley doesn't throw at all, guys. He doesn't throw. Like, and he doesn't, he doesn't do takedowns anymore either. That's the thing. Like if he, if you, if he at least had that wrestling AJ, I'd be like more willing to take a shot on him. But yes, thank you, Valerie. I was thinking that too. It is the Jordan Mean fight, isn't it? I was thinking that. And I know some of the fights with Wonder Boy ended on the ground, but I think he knocked him down to get to the ground, right? So he does have wrestling in his back pocket, but AJ, we, we never see it out of him, right? So you can't, like, I know a lot of people are calling him a wrestler. I think that's, that's kind of a lazy way to, to describe Tyron Woodley. I don't think he's a wrestler. You know, I don't really know what kind of fighter he is anymore. To be honest with you, he's, he used to be a sniper, right? Really, he was waiting for that perfect time. And he was more aggressive, walk across and punch you like the Robbie Lawler fight. He just right. acts against the fence now, man. He, he cowers in his fights. And to be honest with you, it's like he's 38 years old too. He's nine years older. You guys know I love betting against these older fighters, man. This is every week there's a fight like this now, man. Joseph Benavides, Eddie Wineland, every fucking week, guys, there's a guy that was a star 10 years ago and I bet against him every time. And they usually lose. These are not the same guys that we grew up with watching, guys. Seriously, these are guys that are older and, and they're not the same fighter anymore. Dixon yeah. says he's gun shy for sure. Yeah, I think he got a divorce too. Um, that's tough, man. That is tough. He needs the money, obviously. Six figures get caught. Yeah, I actually have the same feeling. I, I was telling, uh, I think Marcellus, I was like, I'm pretty sure next week, Asia, I'm going to write the article saying UFC releases Tyron Woodley for BJ Penn.com. I'm pretty sure I'm going to write this article next week. So, you know, four straight losses. He makes a lot of money. That's a guy that, you know, could go to Bellator, PFL, et cetera. Um, I think he'll be fine in his career if he wants to keep fighting, but I don't like this fight for him, man. Yeah, it's tough. Take down Wonder Boy. Yeah, he did have one. I watched those fights are crazy, man. To be honest with you, I don't even know if he won those two fights. I'll be honest with you. I think that definitely the second one he lost that fight. I thought um, against Wonder Boy, the fight at two hundred nine, I believe. I don't think I like a lot of people were split on it, but you know he's such a great performance. Like the Darren Till fight, that is a masterpiece, by the way. Darren Till didn't land one strike in like a round and a half, but yeah. doesn't that say more about Darren just not engaging? Right, like the same thing. Luke is not going to stand there and be like scared of Tyron. He's going to march forward and, and try to throw at him. Yeah. At least we don't think so. Kishiro's right. I mean, Kishiro, there's no, I think we're, I think we all agree that he's, he's fought better competition is beaten better competition. But I mean, again, this happens every week, guys, like Joseph Benavides has fought in better competition than Askar Askarov and Eddie Wyland's fought better competition than John Castaneda. Right. But these are not the same fighters, AJ. This is a young man's sport, you know? Yeah. And these guys are at the end of their careers, in my opinion. Yeah, the competition is is noteworthy, but I don't consider it the end-all, be-all in a matchup because, like you said, a lot of these fighters get these betting lines because of their name recognition. Um, not not so much, and, and it's ironic, too, because this we think of this sport as what has you done for me lately, yet people don't always treat it like that. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. It could go both ways. I agree. And, and consider, like, listen, man, if would be one, I wouldn't be completely shocked because he does have the right hand, but I, just, I don't know. I just think Luke has got advantages in a lot of places but we'll see we'll see um see what other comments were there no okay so yeah i mean it's just it's an interesting card there's no doubt about it i had a little bit of news and stuff to talk about as well guys um they announced some fights the last couple days here's one that uh this surprising yesterday misha tate coming over retirement aj this is actually someone i think that was before your time man you're kind of a newbie to this thing so she retired actually a little before aj started betting on this stuff Nisha is a fighter I respect a lot. I mean, I've known her uh, 
few years since Strike Force, man. And she's a great fighter, right? But hasn't fought in five years. Now she's coming back. She's delusional, bro, guys. Like she's delusional. She's like, I'm gonna go beat a man in Nina. She's crazy. She's gonna. I. She might lose this fight to Mary Renault. She's fighting Mary Renault in, in July. Mary Renault's that she's a she's badass, dude. She did lose against Chason. I liked Chason in that fight, but it was a it was a competitive fight. She did lose, but she performed well for someone her age, 43. She's gonna be 44 in this fight. It's the final fight of her career. I gotta be honest, AJ. I hope Misha K opens as a huge favorite so I can take a shot on Renault because I. I I want to bet against Misha. Five-year layoff. Five-year layoff. And, and what's her best attribute? Her grappling. And what's Renault good at? She's pretty good at takedown defense. So what are your thoughts on this announcement, man? It's kind of surprising, right? Well, it's it's ironic. The, the very first UFC event I watched for pay-per-view main card was Misha Tate. Well, Misha Tate was fighting Raquel Pennington on that card, UFC 205. 205, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's pretty funny how that all works out. But it is – well, I do disagree with you. I don't think Renault has the best takedown defense. And Tate is a pretty solid grappler. She's a really solid grappler, actually. So it's interesting that they're giving her this matchup in the return because this is supposed to be Renault's retirement fight. This is Tate's comeback fight. But I think you pointed out on Twitter, it's interesting. Tate is only 34. So, like, she's not – she's certainly, you know, on the on the younger side for sure, all things considered – but like she's got the takedown, so this is like a winnable matchup for her in that sense. But of course, you you there's the risk if she hasn't fought in so long. Uh, you you mentioned the motivation. Where is that at? So it, on the other side, you you could say it's a winnable case for Renault, who's been much more active. Um, you know that sort of thing. So it, it's interesting that they're giving her this match, but I think they might be giving it to her based on what Renault told them and based off the fact that it's a, a favorable matchup for her for Tate on paper. Uh, and it could tell it can maybe tell the matchmakers where exactly Tate is at in terms of like a future. So. I, I agree with Kevin. He says, I think she don't, I don't know if she dominates her. I have to look in the fight. I honestly haven't even looked into her takedown, de- like uh, the takedown defense enough. I got to see the way Tate takes people down. I know she used to be called takedown Tate. Does she even have that ability anymore? I remember the fight with, dude, against Raquel Kane, she looked washed up. Against Amanda Nunes, she looked washed up. The fight with Holly Holmes, she was getting her ass kicked and came back in the fifth round of one. It was an amazing comeback. But I've seen this girl lose so many times, man. Cats and Gano destroyed her. Like she's, she's taking a lot of damage. Ronda Rousey broke her arm twice, I think. Like, She's taking a lot of damage. Five-year layoff. I, that's something. AJ, I bet I guess that every time. You know me, man. I hate the layoffs, man. The only fighter that, that kind of bucked that trend was GSP when he fought Bisping or Cruz when he fought Mitsugaki. But in general, AJ, someone who's off four or five years, that's someone you want to bet against. Someone who's been inactive. Someone who hasn't been training. She's back in Vegas now. She's living in Vegas. But she was in Singapore for a while with one, F- one championship. She was uh, executive for them. She started her family with her husband. Uh, I think his name's Johnny Nunez or something. He's... He's a fighter too, um, and Kenshiro. I know what you're saying about these these pictures and stuff, man. But I can't I can't put those comments on screen, bro. If people really <laughs> want to see that, they can find that stuff themselves, man. Come on. Um, but yes, that stuff does actually exist out there. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, she was she was part of the fappening, so it's unfortunate. But uh, let's talk about a few other fights here, um, AJ. Just a couple of fights that Marcel has on his page here. Mr. Marcel Marcel's not here today. Get these comments quickly. He says uh, Marion's too old to be burning the money. Yeah, again, I haven't even looked into it, so I gotta look into it personally. I'm talking to Kevin there, wasn't that good in her prime? Can I just skill set? <laughs> Straight Adam, me too. But we we love everyone here, man. Doesn't matter what your sexuality is. Anyone who loves MMA is welcome in this podcast and in this chat room any day of the week. Let's go to some fights here, AJ. Talk about a couple of them. I just saw this one announced, man. This is a great fight. Um, we don't have, we have ten minutes left, so we'll just go through them really quick here. I was me and Marcel was talking about this guy. I was like, "Yo, where's Demir Ismagulov?" Now he gets a fight now against this guy 
Rafael to turn Alves. I mean, this is a great matchup for uh, Isma Gula. Just I, I, don't have, I don't even have time to break the tape down. I can tell you right now, this guy's going to win the fight. Like, I'm very <laughs> high on this guy, AJ. I, I'm pretty sure you are too, right? Dude, I am too. I wrote him up in one of my prospects to keep an eye on article for MMAOB. I'm, I'm the thing. The only thing that concerned me about him was was the fact that he is inactive. Yeah, the layoff. Yep. And then, yeah, and that he's not the most dangerous finisher. But you you watch the guy on tape, like we see, he is so skilled, so well rounded. Like this guy is arguably the brightest prospect at 155. So I'm. This is a guy who has a win over Tiago Moises, which in 30-27, by the way, that, that, yep. I believe. He had a clear win over Moises, and that aged very nicely, obviously. So this guy is tremendously talented. I'm really looking forward to this. And it's almost like the UFC is is in a way giving Alves a difficult circumstance here based on the weight. weight, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's this is really interesting matchmaking. So I, I the previous <laughs> they're, one. They're, I, they're, they're punishing this dude, man. They're like, you miss weight? You're going to fight the top prospect in the division now. I'm with you, though. I'm looking at Demir's records. A lot of decisions. We saw that in this UFC, but I mean – like you said, the fight with Moises, that looks really good right now, right? Like, that looks really good. So, yeah, yeah I like this guy. I got to be honest. Let's go to some other fights quickly. Uh, Randy Brown, Charles Oliveira. <laughs> sorry, not Charles Oliveira. Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Two guys, they're kind of flaky, man. Like, they're great when they're the hammer, bad when they're the nail, AJ. This is kind of a close fight, man. What do you think of this one? Yeah. Um, didn't this one get uh, announced before? But they it got scrapped. Wasn't it uh, Ramazan Kermaga Madoff stepped in for Randy yeah, Brown? Yeah, he was supposed to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was supposed to fight Alex Oliver, and the fight got, I guess, changed now. They rebooked it. I don't know about Ramazan. I think he had a bad weight cut. I, I, I remember we liked him. I think we both liked him in that one, right? At the, at the pick him price. Anyways, this fight, yeah, I mean, it's this is another pick him fight, really, I think. Like, I don't know if I have a strong lean. I have to look into it, but you have a strong lean? No, I, I really don't. Because, like, <laughs> Not the most reliable guys, so yeah, I'm, pro- I'm going to do my homework on it. But I'm more, I'm much, uh, I'm very unlikely to have a, a bet here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Dwight Grant, Stefan Sulovich. I'm very high on Grant. I think he's pretty good. I don't know too much about Sukulich. Can't really remember him too much. I'll look at a little State. bit more. He did fight once, right? In the UFC, I think yeah, against Ramazan Emiev. Yeah, was I lost like- it. yeah, that guy's per- that guy's tough to beat, man. He is Emiev. Uh, He's yeah. like uh, kind of like that grinder type that doesn't fit. He's kind of like Ismagulov almost a little bit. Mm-hmm. It kind of little points you. Um, this fight, man, I mean, the loser's getting cut on this one. I'll tell you that right now. I'm surprised yeah. that uh, the 0-2 for him. He got robbed, though, in that one fight with Piva. I thought he won that fight. A lot of people did. Um, man, he's got some nice wins on his record, by the way. Those are some great wins. But uh, this guy, yeah. Rivera, 0-3. He's looked terrible to me. Um, again, I have to look anywhere because I know he has a long reach, this guy. This, he's going to have the size advantage, but I have to look anywhere. I mean, but this guy, I think, is probably going to be the favorite, the Juma Gulov. Probably. I had a bet on Paiva, and I kind of thought Juma Gulov won. <laughs> Thanks. Makes you feel better. No, really. <laughs> it was like a pick-up fight. I'm like, I really like Juma Gulov here. Like, all that experience. And then I was like, that's okay. That, listen, the judges are going to – it goes back – it goes both ways. Andrew. Sometimes you're going to get decisions to go against you, and they're going to go for you sometimes. It usually, yeah. it usually evens out. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. This yeah. fight's interesting because Chernol is moving up in weight. He's coming off a great win over Jai Herbert, the fight where Dan Hardy freaked out of Herb Dean, the infamous fight on Fire Island. And yeah. Malcolm Salikov is uh, like a huge guy with big striking. Look at the age of these guys. Um, Charles 43, 42, he's turning 43. And Muslim is uh, 20, what, 26, 27, or 36, excuse me. So these are older guys. Um, man, this is, a, this is an interesting fight. I got to be honest. Like Muslim Salikov is a guy I'm pretty high on. Oh, the striking. He beat that guy, uh, Lizu Zaleski de Santos, and Loreano Storopoli is a great – those are good wins. Um, but Trinaldo is a beast. He's a guy who's beaten everyone. Grandpa Trinaldo, they call him, right? Like He's been in the UFC forever. Any thoughts on this fight? I mean, I like the matchup. It's interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like striker versus grappler, right? If, if Trinala could get him down, he could make it a bad fight for Salikov. But if Salikov keeps it standing, yeah. he's king of kung fu for a reason. So I, I think it's interesting. Well, and even Trinaldo said after in his post-fight interview last time that he was going to move up to 170. He had a weight miss there. I guess it's just his body just can't make the cut to 155 anymore. But the guy's a freak, man. The guy is just still performing at a high level even at his age. So God bless him. Yep, I agree. Got a few more minutes here. Let's go through a couple more. We talked about this fight already. Yep. This fight got moved. This fight's new. So they, they, they rescheduled night for two weeks. I think he got COVID or someone in his team got COVID. So they just rebooked him against Dad Jung. I'm kind of surprised that this fight got booked so soon. Like, oh, he's fighting. Okay. So Shamil Gatsimov was supposed to fight Jung. Okay. That makes more sense. So Knight's filling in for him. He's already training. So he, they, they'll both be in good shape. I got to be honest, man. I thought this guy might have lost to Sam Alvey in his last fight. So, like, that really worries me just off the bat. I have, again, I need to look. Every matchup's different. I'll always look at both guys in every matchup. But that really worries me. I'm not going to lie. Someone was going to lose to Sam Alvey. Like, if you look at the judges' MMA decision, like, the judges had it a draw. But most people thought Alvey won that fight. So, I don't know. I mean, I like Knight a little bit. But I have to look at this fight. Any thoughts on this at all? I mean, not really. I just – I saw it was booked. And I was I was just kind of surprised like you. I mean, I got to look into it more. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> I just like again. It just it came out of nowhere. Like this is in two weeks. So weird. Um, this fight yeah. obviously we got this one. Johnny Munoz. It's funny because I thought this was Misha Tate's husband. So I messaged Cole. And I'm like, well, they they signed Misha Tate's husband too. But this is, is his name's Johnny Nunez. This is Johnny Munoz. <laughs> I know, right? So he lost to I think he lost to Seth Manis. I think I can't remember now. This Jamie yeah. Simmons guy got knocked out brutally by Giga Chikatsi. Yeah, the loser of this fight's getting cut. Um, yeah, this fight's been rebooked. Awesome. <laughs> nice. This one's this is a weird fight, too. This is basically saying, Let's see how good you are, man. Let's see how good you are, Andre Muniz. Let's see how good you are. Um, because he's taking on a guy in Ronaldo Jacques, who's a veteran of the sport. But the thing is, they're trying to see does he have anything more than his ground game, Muniz? Because we know he's got a good ground game. We saw against Bartos Rubinsky, right? Does he have striking? We're going to see it in this fight, AJ. Any thoughts on this one? So I was wrong here. I actually thought the UFC had cut Soza. When I saw this matchup announced, I was like, oh, so he's still on the roster. But this could be the fight where if he loses here, because mm-hmm. uh, he's another guy that gets paid a lot of money, I'm sure, maybe in the six-figure uh, six range. So, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, so Muniz, he's looked solid so far. Uh, he's got a, a cardio issue and a takedown offense issue, but um, it's interesting. Like, yeah, Muniz, it's, it's one of those fights where it's like it does so much for Muniz if he wins. It's like – but it's very risky for Sosa. Like Sosa does not have like, you know, I, I'm interested to see what these odds are because I think that Sosa is obviously the much more proven guy. So it's a true uh, up and comer versus veteran type of matchup, just like Sosa's last one. <laughs> for sure. Um, got a minute left here. I think that's it. Oh, this fight's pretty interesting. Dusko and Patolo like that fight. Someone's probably going to get finished in that fight, I had to guess. This is another good fight too. Name and Ulan Bekov. Good fight. This is another good fight. Great fight, man. This one. Yeah. Striker grappler. There you go, baby. Striker grappler, right? And we'll see you win. I mean, Tim Elliott's pace is just amazing, but that guy's striking is good. And then this fight, that fight's going to suck. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. It's going to be boring as hell. Over 2.5, AJ, in that fight. I'll tell you that right now. That's it for today, guys. Really appreciate it. AJ, plug your stuff, man. We've got one minute left. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was awesome doing this with you. Uh, AJ underscore S C H U L L O on Twitter, right on the. Lower left-hand corner, uh, right for MMAOB, RotoWire, and uh, now Fantasy Pros. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, looking forward to doing this again. Yep, yep. AJ's doing the NBA. And I, I got to be honest, man, as a Raptors fan, I was surprised they didn't trade Kyle Lowry today. I think they should have. I think that's a mistake. You should have got some assets for him, but it is what it is. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin. Podcast available 
maodsbreaker.com is our YouTube channel. And then all the links are below. Someone's asking the other day. Spotify, uh, iTunes, all those places. They're all there. Stitcher, I think, too. Like, all those places. So if you want to uh, just listen on, like, if you're working out or if you're going for a walk or something, you can download the podcast. Um, you guys can also find me at bjpen.com, myandmainnews.com, Fanatics app, and uh, Elite Fantasy Elite Betting. Tomorrow I'll be uh, giving up my bets for the card and my DFS plays with Duke. 4 p.m. Eastern for my podcast at Elite Fantasy. AJ, thanks again, man. Have a great day, guys. I'll be back Monday with Marcel. Peace.